Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jesse. Across from me is Jay, and that makes this Roots to Grooves. Welcome along. It's been a while since I've used words. Welcome yes. along, everybody. A, B, C, one, two, three. You should do those vocal exercises. We need to start doing vocal exercises, seashells, like warm-ups. Seashells down by the seashore. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Stuff Sally. Like that? Tongue twisters. Yeah, Sally yeah. sells. Anyway, we're not here to talk about tongue twisters, but we are here to talk about uh, Fitz and the Tantrums. Yes. It's a band out of Los Angeles, California. Yes. Got like four albums out. Yes. Uh, you know, they made the rounds. They played the Jimmy Fallon. They played the, uh, you know, whatever. The Ellen. The Ellen. <laughs> the Ellen. The Ellen. Um, yeah. So pretty cool. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, I went, I just started their very first album, um, which I thought I had written down in front of me, but now Jay. I do. Here you go. Picking up the pieces, 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked it. It's got a good sort of vintage soul sound to it. Uh, remind me a little bit of like the Dap Kings or something like that. Mm -hmm. Dap Times record label. Soul. There's a few tracks on there that sound a bit like Meatloaf from the 1970s. Okay. Like singing wise on the, the, the track. Uh, the title song, Picking Up the Pieces. Like the chorus reminds me of mm -hmm. like Meatloaf or something. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, yeah, that first album, That's I think that's the first song that they wrote. Right. Okay. That yeah. uh, Michael Fitz, yeah, Patrick wrote. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. just let's back up a little bit. This, like you said, it's kind yeah. of neo soul. At least that first album was yeah. more soulful and mm. neo soul, more funk kind yeah. of soul stuff, Motownish. Yeah, Motownish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so very cool. And then as as we'll see as we go through this podcast, they kind of are going into a poppier realm. Yeah. Kind of album by album, kind of yeah. just a steady. Um, trajectory towards more pop stuff yeah which is really good uh, michael really loves pop music mm -hmm. um and so they're not shying away from it or you know they're leaning into it is what i'm saying yeah, yeah. um and it's good stuff i like that yeah. stuff um overall they're they they fall into like an indie rock alternative indie pop kind of sound yeah that's why i sort of describe they're like a fuse between 1960s motown stacks and 1970s ballads mm -hmm. rock ballads like there's a little bit of like 1970s Elton John mm -hmm. yeah. vibes in there and stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have some kind of banger tracks that are more upbeat with a nice steady, you know, rock beat Yeah, um, that are much more energetic and, you know, uplifting and positive. Yeah. So cool, pretty cool, well-rounded band. Yeah. We got Michael Fitzpatrick. He's the lead singer yeah. primarily and, and songwriter. Yeah. Noel Skaggs. Mm-hmm. Um, second lead singer yeah they basically are always singing either harmonies or doing kind of duet type things yeah um mostly harmonies though i think yeah we got joe carnes i think he's a drummer yeah uh joseph carnes bass oh he's bass okay yeah. my bad james king drummer james king saxophone and flute ja <laughs> okay i'm gonna just stop there I, I think i mixed up where i was writing down things john wicks plays drums john wick yeah not yeah, is, Not, it? is that the movie? That is the one. I actually watched that on a plane the other day, the first John Wick movie. That's a good one. I enjoyed that, yeah. That poor little puppy, right? Well, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, that's kind of sad. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. But I love me some Keanu. Yeah. We all do. So, and uh, Jeremy Ruzumna on keyboards. Now, mm -hmm. I, now I think we've seen, said all their names. Okay, thank you. Members. <laughs> we just want to be respectful here. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I saw these guys playing live. They play, played KEXP. Mm. Very good, mm -hmm. clean, great set. They they really bring the energy. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Just as far as like recreating their album sound. 
and yeah. they're playing live. Yeah. So overall, these guys are really impressive to me. The the stuff that they talk about, they seem really down to earth in their interviews and really just yeah. cool, chill people. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing is like Michael Fitzpatrick, they kind of started blowing up, I think even after he was 40 years old. Right. And yeah, so the, yeah. these guys are like really making it into the music industry and they're on the radio and they're they're touring and doing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but just like a little bit, you know, later in life, like he'd been trying to get into the music industry for years and years without major success mm -hmm. until this band came along. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and what he built. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, it was pretty like, seems like a steady rise from that. Like a lot right. of years of struggling and then like just suddenly the magic started to happen. That it seems like. Uh, totally. It uh, just, and then it seems like there was magic. Like everything yeah. just kind of quickly started falling into place. Yeah. Um, and we'll go through the story. I'm excited to get into it. Um, real quick, I'll go some influences. Yeah. Cause we got for Fitz, Fitzpatrick, we got Taylor Swift. He's a fan, mm. Jeff Buckley. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's just a general lover of pop music. Right. So obviously Taylor Swift is killing it at that game. And then Jeff Buckley with the more melodic, croony, mm -hmm. emotional vibes, I think. Yeah. And then Noel, I only have stuff for Fitz and Noel, but Noel, um, is influenced by System of a Down, Stevie Nicks, Rush, Barry Manilow. Um, and everything, anything from pop to dance music, R and B, '90s stuff, yeah. uh, even doo wop. Yeah. So those are my notes for a little stuff. And then uh, their breakout hit from their first album was "Money Grabber," mm -hmm. which we opened up the podcast with, which is just a great, fun, lively song. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, anything else? Uh, that's it. Without giving away too much, yeah, because yeah. there's more to say on well, this band. We got yeah. a track to play real quick from the first album. Yeah, it's the first track on the album right and also it was the first track on their first ep which came out as well so, and, and then they re, re put it on the album when, it, gotcha. when the album came out i think it's also the first song that they wrote oh there we go and we'll talk about that after we play this track breaking the chains of love and the tantrums breaking the chains of love that is from the first track from their very first album picking up the pieces and uh also the first track on their debut ep which preceded that which mm -hmm. was their first release on um danger bird records an independent label yeah at the time yeah nice yeah um so yeah it's big band there's one, two, three, four, five, six members. Seven six members. members. Six members. Um, based in LA, like we said. Uh, take us back to the beginning, Jesse. Though, how did this band come together? I think it's fair to start uh, with Fitz, yeah. as the name suggests. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the name came from Fitzpatrick, All right? Michael Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I guess they just chose that. He's the lead singer. Yeah. So they, you know, Fitz and the boys. Yeah. And it. it Fits. It fits. It works. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, Fitzpatrick was born in France. Right. I think that's where our story begins. Yeah. So, you know, France, pretty cool country out there in Europe. Yeah. Uh, but he was raised in LA. Right. In Los Angeles. Yeah. So I think, I don't know the full story, but I think he was, you know, he's born there and like shortly after, within a couple of years, he 
his family ventured to America. Yeah. And raised him there. Because his dad is Canadian. Well, born in Toronto, but I think he's American as well. Dual citizenship, his dad. Okay, I'll, I'll take yeah. that. His mum's French. There's a French connection there. That's the French connection. And uh, yeah, so uh, Fitz himself has dual citizenship with France and US. Um, but yeah, definitely it was LA <clears throat> in his teenage years growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how far back. Yeah, like we say. but uh, Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know too much about his parents either. I think they were yeah. somewhat musical, but they weren't musicians in the industry. No, I think uh, like they were both art, sort of musical, interested in music. He mm-hmm. said his dad like really loved to listen to opera music really loudly. Like, in oh yeah, well. and he said he didn't like it. Yeah, he said he didn't like it growing up. But now, like when he goes back and visits his parents, it's like, oh, you know, it's kind of like a nice thing, like a nostalgic hear, but, feel. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Um, but I think generally his parents were both like in um, supportive of creative endeavors. You know. Um, mm-hmm. rather than trying to make him be a doctor or lawyer or anything like that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so skipping his young years, because I don't know what happened in the middle, but at a certain point he went to study art, right? Um, uh, I mean, film, uh, an art college. Uh, right? I think so. Real quick, yeah. I have just one yeah. note on his childhood. I think he began playing keyboards when he was pretty young. All right, yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. And then in high school he did, it was a performing performing arts high school right and he studied vocals there yeah so he had a little bit of background and he was interested yeah um but yeah then moving along yeah and he said it was like the first public arts high school or something in la Mm -hmm. um where he did that and that's where he met jimmy the sax player right from fitz and the tantrums and i don't know if he was having a tantrum when they met but uh you know (laughs) Cheesy Jad dad joke this ah, early ah. in the episode. Come on, at least wait till yeah. 2023. Exactly. Um, but then they both went off to co- another college and were still together. I don't think they were studying the same thing, but mm-hmm. they were at the same school and they, hanging out. And, they were dorm mates. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Um, but some at some point, sometime in this early period, I don't know if it was even after college, mm-hmm. um, but Fitz, I'm just going by Fitz. Is that cool to call him Fitz? I think so. Fitzy. Right on. Fitzy. <laughs> oh, Fitzy. <laughs> oh, Fitzy. Oh, Fitzy was a, he was a sound engineer. Right. Yeah. Is that after college? Do you have that? Yeah. I think that was like, okay. His, like a job that he had in a yeah. studio in LA um, for a pretty well-known guy. Um, yeah. Nikki Petralia. Right. That had done like production work for like Flight of the Concords. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know them. Yeah, comedy group. Yeah. Yeah. Real I guess, actually call him a troupe. The Tr- comedy troop, troop with an e at the end yeah yeah troupe troupe <laughs> and uh and beck he did some early beck mm-hmm. stuff this producer guy but i think yeah it was working in the studio that fitz was like oh i, I really enjoy this but i i don't want to be behind the scenes i want to be part of the action i want to be yeah like an artist kind of thing and like being part of the creative process yeah and that was an awesome thing for him to realize in that situation yeah but but being in that situation is what allowed him to come to that conclusion yeah, and I think like, you know, around that time before, during and after he was in bands, you know, mm-hmm. he's like he was asked about one band name at a certain point and he couldn't remember. He says like too many band names ago. So yeah. clearly in a lot of different like lineups and groups trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Like rock music, I think he was doing fits like at a certain point. Um, but yeah, it was like recording his own vocals that he really enjoyed that process of like hearing it and laying down the ideas and stuff like that right so um 
Yeah, I mean, but so where are we now? Like fast forward a little bit, right? I think fast forward, he's like basically over these years from like his college years for like almost two decades, he was basically working, trying to get into the music industry as an artist. Yeah. Um, but working like different jobs like sound engineer and yada yada, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I think he's just kind of working on that. Um, he did... The story is when they first started writing music, he started writing about this breakup. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, a breakup story at the beginning here. And so he broke up with his girlfriend and then he was he was sad. And that's kind of how he started making music for this project. Right. Uh, fits in the tantrums. Did you hear the organ story? I was. That's what I was leading yeah. up to. Okay, yeah. we're, we're right at the <laughs> organ story. Tell us the, lo- the organ story. Well, so his girl <laughs> broke up with him or they broke up mutually. I don't know what the story was. Don't matter. Um, but, and he was off doing his own thing. And I guess they did kind of discuss that they shouldn't really talk. They're just keeping it cool. Mm. Keep it separate. Anyway, she called him out of the blue one day and ring, ring. He was like, hello. And she's like, Hey, I know we're not supposed to be talking right now, but my neighbor's selling this, this organ. I can't remember the specs on the organ, Mm. but it was like a cool vintage organ that still worked and it was good condition and everything. Mm. And she was like, do you want it? And he's like, yep. Give that guy a $50 $50 deposit right now, put it in his hand. I oh, will come and get it. Mm. And he did. Took it home. I think he hired some Russians to, okay. to walk it up to his apartment. <laughs> right. Um, as the story goes that I heard. Yeah. And then, yeah, he sat down and he wrote Breaking the Chains of Love, the first mm. um, the first song for this project. Yeah, he says something really interesting that like uh, about how when you get a certain instrument in your possession it like has a lot of magic within it or something Mm -hmm. like that along this these lines and he said yeah when he turned it on and realized it worked and then he started playing ideas and he said he was instantly coming up with things and ideas and yeah just like and then i think he was at that point it was like okay i've got something here i need to phone up jimmy and Mm -hmm. see if he can like help with these uh, initial ideas that he's like writing on the organ kind of right so So his saxophone friend yeah um who has been like a horn arranger he has arranged uh horns for like different groups um and that's how he met noel so yeah noel was in this band called the rebirth um which were like a big kind of soul band kind Mm -hmm. of thing all original and they did one album original album and James had uh, done some saxophone work on there and met her kind of thing and, and got along really well. And so when he was listening to the new music that Fitz was writing on the organ and, and Fitz was like, I need a, a female singer like to go with this music kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, uh, and Noel said, it sounds like I was like the first name that popped up in James's like phone book when he went in his cell phone to try and look up singers kind of thing. And right. but he was like, oh yeah, I remembered her and, uh, I think she'd already like left the band, the Rebirth at this time, or was thinking about leaving. She sort of subsequently said in an interview about how that band was feeling a bit stagnant, like creatively, and she felt that she could express more or do more with her vocals than what she was being given, like the room for in that band kind mm-hmm. of thing. Right. Uh, so it, was, it sounded like like great timing kind of thing, and and. And so I think it was like the rest of the band members was literally just like everyone that each Fitz or James knew. Because mm-hmm. the, the famous story that Fitz likes to say is like, basically it was five phone calls in one rehearsal and then we decided to book our first show kind of thing. So Yeah. And I, I think this, um, the story of the, this magic, these magical happenings 
for this band start with the organ story right yeah and then you you keep kind of seeing these little stories that just everything <clears throat> just works out very well and very quick yeah, yeah but yeah go ahead and tell that story real quick of the the five phone calls the five phone calls yeah so they start i mean i'll just i'll preface real quick they're yeah. in they're in a room like jamming yeah and then he starts calling people up to get he gets a the, his musician friends or people who he knows until there's you know five or six people in the room yeah, yeah. and they 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 learn a song or they're playing What's yeah. going on? Yeah, I think uh, Fitz is playing like the riffs that him and James have like initially worked out. Mm -hmm. They all the other musicians got involved, and I think they just everyone knew in that room in that moment in time that oh, this just all of a sudden clicks. Right, like it was effortless. It sounds like yeah, it all came together, and um, and so like Fitz's like first thing to do is just book a show. It's like, and he said. Like we got a show next week, and the rest of the band members were like, "We've only learned one song." I mean, I was like, <laughs> yeah, to to see yeah. how like, uh, I mean, the story I have is they were playing, they played one song all the way through, yeah, and they he felt so good about it. Fitz did. He was like, "Well, that sounded great. Like, I have a band, right? Like, this is awesome." Yeah, yeah. And he said he he walked right out of the room and made those phone calls, oh, and then okay. came back yeah. in the room and said, "Hey, we got a gig next right. week." There you go. Yeah. And they said, we've yeah. only played one song. And he yeah. said, we better get to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... that's Seizing the moment. I don't know whether that's pushy or just being like, okay, we don't need to mess around anymore. I, is like, I think know, it's... Right. Like, using, yeah. like being courageous. Courageous. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I've yeah. said it on here. I've definitely said it to you, but like the universe responds to courage. Mm. If you put that into the world, if you... You know, we talk about manifestation sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, if you just go for what you want, the universe is going to help you with it right yeah you no know, if you just right. go in you know with courage yeah and so i think that's what they did and they got a lot of this good you know karmatic type of energy back for their band yeah definitely and stuff started to fall into place yeah um and yeah. Then, i mean there's not even one more story before we get all right i don't know when do they let's let's play the other track okay <laughs> um we have lined up from their album more than just the dream which is their first major label thing so we'll talk about that in a second but mm -hmm. this track's called out of my league and the tantrums out of my league from the album more than just a dream and uh yeah where were we at uh we're still in some early life stuff <clears throat> i wanted to go over a couple things from from noelle right yeah she, she had a little bit of a you know story background for music and stuff her, her mother was into dance and drawing so no more <clears throat> artsy stuff um, but i don't think she was involved in music <clears throat> um, but her dad loved percussion no. and i think he built drums <clears throat> Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So they're definitely like a musical art type of family yeah. vibes. Um, but uh, her her dad also was a club DJ. Right. So yeah. definitely in the scene. Disco. I think he was spinning, right? 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> this, nice. I mean, yeah, Fitz, Fitzpatrick was born in 1970. Right. Yeah, I yeah. think this I think this year he's 52. Right. So I think that's just a kind of cool part of the story to see how you can have fantastic success. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be 20 years old. Um, but the, the one other big thing that Noel, she had some cousins mm. who were in the Ohio, Ohio players. Yeah, she mentioned that. I don't know them too well, but I've seen Ohio player records in final. I, I think they're like low-key, a pretty legendary band yeah, yeah, yeah. from Ohio. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about them either, but yeah. definitely kind of a claim to fame type situation. Definitely, yeah. So she definitely had a musical family. Yeah, and then I think she said she's the only one, well, apart from her cousins, Ohio players who did that for a living, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the only one in her immediate family that was able to forge a career in music and like we said uh, earlier, she was in um, that band. <laughs> I forgot the name of again. The Revivals? Rebirth. Rebirth? The, the Rebirth, sorry, yeah. Okay. I feel like I've heard of them before, but they I think they might have disbanded as well. Um, but she had also done like session work, like singing-wise on with Black Eyed Peas and Dilated Peoples, um, mm-hmm. a few other sort of hip-hop um recordings i think she, it sounds like she did like backing vocals for or something like that yeah um and going on tour as well i think she went did go on tour with james king uh the saxophone player from fitz and the tantrums in another group i think for another artist kind of thing and right i don't know too much about the other members in in the group but from what fitz has said like they're all kind of like experienced in the industry in terms of like touring mm-hmm. and working in studios of other musicians kind of thing and he was the only one that hadn't really experienced that. I think he was probably like, he went from sound engineer in the studio to really trying to push his own career mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and trying all these different paths and avenues as you do until he found like the music he was writing here for Fitz and the yeah. tantrums there. So never give up, never give up. Yeah. Never surrender. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So then boom, they start making music. Yeah. Stuff's turning. Put out an EP. They put out the first album. Um, and the next crazy, I think probably the, I don't know if there was something else before this, but like the Maroon 5 tour. I was going to say, yeah. we're, on, we're on the Maroon 5 story. Yeah. That's the other story that I was going to bring up. Because, yeah, I was like, they went on, the, like the one of the first big things they did was go on tour with Maroon 5. I was like, how did that happen? And then... Do you know how it happened? It's kind of crazy. Um, no, I'll let you take. I'll let you take it. It was just basically um, Adam Levine, the, the the main guy from Maroon Five, uh, went to see his tattoo artist to get a tattoo. Right, and the tattoo artist had just downloaded like the uh, Fits and the Tantrums first album, and was and he was like loving it. And he said to Adam Levine, "You got to listen to this band. They're great." I, uh, I think they were playing it over right, the speakers oh, play, while he was getting exactly. tatted up. Yeah, 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 and uh, and then. I don't know what happened in between them, but obviously Adam Levine lied because the next thing you know, that uh, Fitz and the Tantrums got a phone call and were like, do you want to go on tour with Maroon 5? You know, so, obviously a huge band. Yeah. Then and now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just what an incredible opportunity. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, Noel had said specifically that it was because of that tour that they picked up a lot of super fans that they have right mm-hmm. now kind of thing because i think maroon five is a group that has super fans anyway and the way she described it is like their listeners their audience are also interested in like new bands and following new bands and mm-hmm. when they heard 
uh, fits. So the tantrums open up for them. They really caught on with it and, and also became super fans of them and follow them around now. And, yeah. And, I, and but that was like a national tour. So hundreds of thousands of people, um, new followers, big impact for them. 100%. Um, musically, that was funny, they said, because they didn't have enough. They only had one album. So they said they didn't have enough songs to do their own headline tour. Mm. So they could sort of barely do the support slot. And they had to like throw in a few covers as well to sort of like fill the time. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that I think that was like probably the big thing that really sort of took them to the next level. That exposure in front of Maroon Yeah, just Five. the exposure factor. What a catalyst yeah. for their yeah, for yeah. their band. Yeah. And then uh, I think, yeah, they were, they had the first album out then. I think this it was this tour, that exposure that led them to the Elektra record label deal. I'm guessing because... Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. they weren't even signed to a label, I think. Yeah, I think it, they just put out um, their first couple of releases on the independent label. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, Elektra picked them up um, and they put together their second album, which we just played a track from that was the second album right more yeah. than just a dream yeah right more than just a dream so that was that was one of the songs that um i how that allowed me to discover the band right. i just heard it it was just like on the radio okay. and yeah, for yeah. years uh, you know this this track's been out for years now yeah um and i'm just bringing it up to rooster grooves now yeah. i mean we've only been doing this for two years so yeah the song came out before right obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i don't know i thought it was a great track and i still do mm. it's just very fun um the the drive it's upbeat mm -hmm. you know it's kind of mid-tempo yeah. and it's really that driving energy yeah and it just feels like it explodes in the chorus and at the end mm -hmm. so i just really great ideas and and vibes coming from this band yeah. and then i don't know they keep releasing good songs right and so that's what that's why they've been on my mind yeah they're just they've been they've been there present on the radio yeah and it seems consistent and that's yeah. that's really that says so much for a band yeah. Like that's what all these artists would love. Yeah. And they're they're achieving that. So that's like what an accolade. Yeah, yeah. So it's impressive. So I'm I'm impressed is what I'm saying. Um yeah, so and then we kind of mentioned earlier their albums kind of are going more in a poppy. Yeah. Um more towards pop as we go. Poppy more candy, more pop. <laughs> more candy. <laughs> I just see candy floss candy uh what do you call it here? It's candy floss in England. What do you call it here? Uh, candy floss. What's the edible candy? Cotton candy. You call it cotton candy oh, here. We call what? it candy floss in England. You call it candy floss? Yeah. <laughs> when I think of pop music, I just think of candy floss. Sorry. Cotton candy and pop. <laughs> floss. <laughs> Fizzy pop and cotton candy everywhere. Oh, yeah. But real oh, quick. Sorry. No, no. No. <laughs> I like, I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm going to bring us back to Rooster Groove. Um, real quick, go over some of the albums, because Picking Up yeah. the Pieces, number one album, came out in 2010, 10 songs. Yeah. Um, then More Than Just a Dream came out in 2013, 12 songs. And that's where we just played that song out of my league. Yeah. That's when I discovered them. And then uh, they come out with, the next album fits in the tantrum, self-titled. Yeah. Um, so this is, I feel like this is where they really come into themselves and they like prove it. Like they had a good release as their debut album, yeah. sophomore album followed up strong with a, a big strong hit, and then they had another big strong hit with with this album with the song Hand Clap. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna play a little snippet of that just to see if everybody knows that song. 
just like a quick 10 seconds if you could find the chorus mm. and we'll see who knows this song up to the chorus Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think everybody's heard that song. I haven't. What? I no, I don't know. I I think I've been living under a rock, which makes it so I avoid pop music. <laughs> but it is, yeah. it is pretty poppy. It's a yeah. song that's been on you know the radio, alternative stations, or pop stations. Yeah. Um, yeah, they played that on Ellen. Uh, mm. Degenerates. The degenerates. Degenerates. <laughs> degenerates. <laughs> okay. So. Hey. Let's, let's uh, rein yeah, it in here. Rain it in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they've done a lot of like mainstream stuff. 2016 was the first time they were on a float on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, mm. which meant that they, uh, I think, performed a song on TV. That's pretty that's huge. What they do there, yeah. Jimmy Fallon, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Ellen, like we said, um, like. Dancing with the Stars, like oh, they did that too. America's Got Talent, stuff like this. This is like very mainstream, uh, you know, pop culture places that they're getting totally. exposure from. Um, totally. So is that, and I think around then, before then as well, like the radio play as well. They're getting a ton of radio play throughout the U.S. and like top forty stations, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you heard that one track on the radio, right? And they've been playing it for years. So yeah, yeah, still they, playing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that track, Hand Clap, I still, I think I vaguely recognize the beginning of it. but <laughs> Right. I mean, so I guess the only thing I would say is it's a good track. Yeah. A lot of the fans from that first album where they they had more of that neo-soul, Motown, yeah. old school kind of vibe, like people were like, what is this song, Hand Clap? Right. Like, it's just, it's so poppy yeah. and so not neo-soul, really. Yeah. It's just straight more indie indie pop. Yeah, it's pretty different. It's a lot different, actually. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. that's the only thing I would criticize is they're yeah. ju they're just simply as musicians and artists moving in a different direction than where they started. Yeah. And that's to each their own. Like it's subjective. They're, they, I love that they're changing and growing. Yeah. Um, I guess it, I, I just I'm just trying to describe that it turned off a little bit of some of their fans, I guess, since they're yeah. moving in that direction. Kind of, might have turned me off a little bit as well, mm -hmm. but I just because I listened to the first album and the production quality of it, um, and the sound of it is like Motowny roots, funky kind of thing. Um, a little bit like uh, who we talked about. Uh, I don't know if we've done an episode on Manaheim Street Band, but oh, we we talked about them before, yeah, though, yeah, off yeah, air. Yeah, that that sort of quality, you know. So yeah, for me, as I progressed through the albums, I was like, mm, I'm not really, I don't know. It's moving it's like, further away than... Yeah. It's like too mainstreamy, 
probably yeah. for me like too catchy kind of thing mm -hmm. like so i mean and on the opposite side of the spectrum like some of their songs are just simply very catchy yeah and to the point where it's impressive yeah and i'm just impressed by that like that's good writing yeah. whether whether you like the genre or not right i think that's that's fair to say well i think a big aspect of this group really is their live um performing right basically like huge i think when they were first starting out they said um because they were asked about playing in la and uh you know they said it's a straight they actually like exposed a little bit of what the scene is like in la mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting to me basically saying that it's all about like the singer songwriter industry type thing like trying to write songs and get them placed with record labels and whatever and then it's like rock venues and they said there isn't much in between so there wasn't really like a lot of places for them to play maybe two venues kind of thing mm -hmm. um and so they said like when they played because they're all about performing and getting like the interaction of the audience going kind of thing um that people in la haven't really experienced that like just go out and enjoy the show kind of thing like you're right if you unless you're going to like a dj or a club night sort of thing that's kind of what noel was saying about the scene the music scene in la just really interesting to me big industry place but yet again not really the place that caters for like the general listening public. Maybe it's too like everyone just trying to make it or something in the industry or something I mean, like it's, that. But like, it's, yeah. it's tribal. Tribal. I think yeah. just like anything yeah. else, like, oh, this is my circle of musician friends and we're gonna we're all making it to the top. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna help you and we're gonna help me and yeah, yeah. each other. But you guys are over there. Yeah. I don't I don't have time yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining, I'm speculating. Yeah. yeah. And I think so like Fits and the Tantions are very genuine about wanting to bring that um, energy to the shows mm -hmm. kind of thing and I think Fitz had even said you know you know we if you're standing still in our show we are going to pick on you we are going to be like <laughs> oh yeah they, they said that in multiple interviews exactly yeah, like, yeah. no yeah. wallflowers at the show exactly yeah at a, at a Fitz in the Tantrum show yeah no I, way and the way they described it it's like it's the energy it's like if they're putting out the energy mm -hmm. it, it kind of fills in the audience and they then the audience bring that back to the band it's like a cyclical kind of thing yeah 100 um, and i think noelle's experience doing hip-hop shows when she was younger and that same sort of like hype up the crowd type thing yeah it's like in play here kind of thing so 100 yeah. so their live shows yeah. are like very energetic yeah and they put a lot of effort into making it energetic yeah and they're they just try to move around on stage and dance yeah and i mean yeah like you were saying i think they even see it a little bit as a competition between yeah fitz and noelle when yeah. they're you know jamming on stage yeah. trying to like who's gonna get the crowd more hyped up or who's gonna right. do a crazier dance move yeah yeah. just having fun with it Definitely. and putting energy into the into the show yeah yeah so which is great and um i mean so yeah there's that performance side of things and then like the writing of the music is kind of interesting because like, from where they started like the organ was like the main thing like on the mm -hmm. first album i'm not so sure, sure about the second album but and they don't have guitar in this band is one thing that mm -hmm. we have to say despite the many musicians in this band there isn't any electric guitar in it yeah that is yeah. very interesting yeah and i think one of the reasons for that is fitz said he like he hears guitar all, all the time all over the place and he said it's not really interesting to him it's like he's heard that so it's more interesting to him to try and make big music big sounding music without using guitars kind of thing mm -hmm. we definitely did that on the first album with like the use of the organ and uh the horn section saxophone and all that 
this latest stuff to me sounds like there's a lot more like synths happening mm -hmm. that which is filling the space right which is like getting yeah. more of that poppy edge yeah. i don't think there's any organ anymore in the latest stuff is there? it like, feels more synthy yeah yeah like there, there might be organ you know tucked in there right like pretty deep yeah of the track yeah in the in the mix but most of it the stuff that's on top right like the icing on the cake it's it's more synthy and synthetic yeah which is like very poppy like those sort of fuzzy synth sounds they've got yeah. going on which i, I love those too yeah, yeah i love me a good synth yeah but um and it's interesting though that they still they kind of road test their tunes their songs mm -hmm. it sounds like um i think the track we start out with money grabber they said they played that live for a, quite a while before they recorded it because they said that they had a bridge section that they couldn't quite work out mm -hmm. and they wrote like five different bridges until yeah. they found the one that works right um but at the same time they were still playing the song out live and fans were asking oh what's that money song kind of thing can you play that yeah yeah, yeah. um but it was in it's interesting to me that they do that they they take out the songs and they like really test them before uh, like finishing them and recording them and releasing yeah. them kind of thing. I think it's know? amazing that they yeah. do that. Yeah. Like it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like if you just think about the other way, like let's just write a song. Right. Whatever happens, we recorded it in Pro Tools and now that's what we're going to play for the rest of our life. Yeah. Like they're <clears> really giving it, putting in that persevering integrity. Yeah. Like let's go play. If that one, uh, that that bridge works, it's yeah. in the right key. Yeah. It, we, it gets the job done. We get through the song, but it's not like, the hitting hard vibe that we're looking for right so they're willing to re rewrite the whole bridge learn it play it live see yeah. how they feel and then do that again two three times yeah yeah. then i just i love you know that integrity like let's try it again there's something better that we can do let's put in the effort to get there yeah i love I, that and i think it's important especially for a band like this if performing live is important to them and the audience reaction or interaction is important mm -hmm. And I think it's important for them to sort of test those ideas. It's kind of like a stand-up comedian, how they'll go out and they'll bomb real hard because they've, you know, they haven't tested these jokes on anyone before. And right. they're like, oh, that's bad, you know, or it was great and you can hone it. Same thing with music, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're hyping the crowd up and now they just they've just lost all this energy for this part in the song. Like yeah. we need to like change that kind of thing. Right, right? exactly. Um uh, yeah, it depends what type of music you're doing, I think. But I think it's really important. Like, I've kind of felt this recently with like different groups we've been in, just even the order of songs that is played live kind of thing. It's like you got to, instead of being like in our silo as musicians thinking that we know what's right, we've got to kind of leave it open for like what the audience might react to sort of mm -hmm. thing, you know. Because if they're if you got the show going a certain way, you don't want to play like a quiet little acoustic song like you yeah. know, at the wrong time. You know, right. it's all about the peaks and valleys, the journey, just the energy, your, the energy. Yeah, totally. It's all about energy. Yeah. In yeah. the the context of a show like a rock show, it's like there's a narrative there, yeah. you know. And through the songs, that's why picking your songs on your album is important. And then it's different <laughs> for a live show. Yeah, and it's it, it's important. People, because yeah. people are feeding off this energy, and then they're reacting to the energy that they're receiving. Yeah, and it's a back and forth; it's a give and take. Yeah. So if you give the audience good energy, they're going to give it back to you, and then that's what Fitz Patrick was talking about—just this, this infinity. Yeah. Energy going back and forth between their band and the audience, and just making just intense, Definitely. awesome musical vibes in that room during the show. Yeah, yeah. It's Definitely. really fun. I think it would be fun to go see these guys. Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
and and noel i mean i don't know if we've said she just has like such a great powerful voice yeah definitely just yeah. really good yeah strong yeah voice i don't know how yeah. else to say it yeah yeah she's just like Absolutely. it's really powerful she can go up to high notes yeah and just she sounds strong I don't, yeah, i'm gonna yeah. say it over and over again i don't know yeah oh, definitely and uh and she i she's down to earth they're all really down to earth they they're, they, they seem very nice people yeah, I mean, so she has a, a, a food blog, I think. Mm -hmm. um, she's a bit of a foodie. So I went and checked out her site just on my phone. They're not really like long articles or anything. It's like a paragraph and then a lot of photos. She takes a lot of photos of like food and where she's staying at. Right. And little bits of tips. She has this one page, City Guides. Uh, and she was like, yeah, go stay at this hotel and check out this restaurant and check out this mm -hmm. restaurant. I was like, there's some good tips in there, right? Yeah. There. And... I think she said she kind of does that. It helps her keep her sane when they're on the road, mm -hmm. you know, because we've talked about it a lot. Touring is where you make your money. You have to do it. Um, they try and fit some attention, so they try and break it up so they're not away for like two years straight because they all have families. Fitzpatrick has three sons now and right. wife. The other members have sons and wives. Um, and so yeah they want to try and split up their touring but when they are on tour you know got to try and keep it healthy they said as singers between the two of them the thing that's most important for them is sleep and hydration they said <laughs> i love it you know because yeah you got you're using your voice and sound checks <clears throat> performing every night or every other night kind of thing and putting your all into it mm -hmm. um something you don't think about like yeah and and, and yeah and just being in that sort of you know weird sort of temporary my nomad lifestyle of being on the road you're in a different city every day or every other day they try and enjoy coffee and restaurants and mm -hmm. see some sites if they can if they have the time and yeah and so noelle's like blog that she does and her photography and all that kind of i it's funny i went to the about section of her page she doesn't even mention anything about being a musician or anything Oh so, really? Yeah, it's kind of like completely separate sort of thing. I mean, that's but, cool. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So like, implementing a sense of normalcy. Yeah. During this nomadic, you know, you're in the city for twelve hours. Right. How do you feel normal? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Find some things to do and, and not go crazy. I don't think anyone can go crazy anymore. I think we said it before. <laughs> you know, like the rock star thing of like I'm just getting trashed every night and doing a ton of drugs. Yeah. And eating real badly or not eating at all. Mm -hmm. I think you can really do that anymore it's like a job right if you're gonna be serious in this music career and go on the road yeah you kind of can't really do that every band even going back to episode one crumbin i've heard them say you gotta keep healthy you gotta eat healthy on the road i mean it makes like, me wonder right? what like maybe a lot of these stories we hear about the 60s and 70s and 80s yeah. of of people you know rock stars doing drugs and crazy things like was that overblown? Because people were touring a lot back then as well. Right, yeah. And was like, it part of the mirror is the image. I, yeah, like, like uh, just the stories, they just let it get hyped up. Like, oh, they were doing drugs in the backstage, you know, this yeah, and that, yeah. getting wild at the hotel. Like, I know there's certainly some crazy rock star stories out there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, you know, you know, but like maybe a lot of it wasn't really that true. Cause well, I think this ties it back to something that Fitzpatrick said as well. It's the age thing, right? Because mm -hmm. maybe what you're talking about, yeah, in the back in the days, maybe it did happen because they were all like in their twenties, you know, or like barely really done anything in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're like 
famous and yeah. like, you know. Um, but whereas like uh, Fitzpatrick said, I'm calling him in Fitzpatrick now for some reason. Switch it up, <laughs> switch it up. Um, like he said, if he had made, had the success uh, when he was in his 20s, he would have been a complete jerk kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, there's probably various reasons for that, but I think he said that, um, you know, he'd gone, he'd, he'd lived a life and had gone through these struggles. Uh, so it, when it, the success did come, kind of knew how to handle it, how he wanted to live his life, you know. Um, at the same time, it's funny though, he said that, um, cause he was asked about success. Um, and it, he was like, he's all, and I've done this before. It's like where you, if you, if you're, um, like what is success basically, you know, like if there's something you want to achieve, once you get there, it doesn't feel like success, mm-hmm. you know? So you keep putting like another goalpost in the future, another right. flag and you keep getting to that. And he said he was doing that for a while until he kind of like realized he needed to um appreciate the moment like and mm-hmm. appreciate the moments of now and what he's in kind of thing yeah um and so all of this stuff i think leads you to be very level-headed and thoughtful and not go party and go crazy and shit like that but whereas when you, you know when we're all younger in our 20s and i think if right. if the success had hit him in his 20s it could have been a different story i think he even yeah he said jerk sure. but i think he also meant could have gone crazy on this other stuff you yeah know, like rock star 100 percent. Yeah. i mean that's another that's great perspective though yeah that's a that's a value i thought it was interesting yeah because yeah we yeah i mean you can't can't do it like that rock star thing i don't know it's just no. I, in this day and age i don't think it can happen no just, you would implode like after we're, six months or something like that it's you know? that's the old school way of life <laughs> and we're building earth two earth two and it's going to be better. Yeah. And we need to think in a different way. Yeah. Sleep, hydration, <clears throat> self-care. Self-care, yeah. self-love. Mental care, self-care. And all that. Yeah. yeah. It's good yeah. for you. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Check it out. That's <laughs> low-key what our podcast is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath it all. Kind of. Yeah, I guess. You know. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's move on, though. That was all the feels. And then their latest album, Let Yourself Free. Yeah. Came out 2021, I think, right? Yeah. Um, or no, 2022. 22, this year. Yeah. So yeah, Let Yourself Free. Um, mm. And then this one's, I don't know. Um, this is the album that I'm least familiar familiar with. Yeah. But we're going to play our Sorry. outro track yeah. from this album. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of poppy. Yeah. More more of the same stuff moving towards straight pop. Yeah. Un- unadulterated. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I, I love pop too. Yeah. So I'm down for that. Um, but I, yeah, that's all I got to say on Fitz, 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 I can't say the name. And the tantrums. Fitz and the tantrums. I keep wanting to say Fitzpatrick after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Is, is it, I'm glad we started with trying to do the tongue twisters. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to warm up a little bit next yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, do you got anything else? Yeah, that was about it. I think, um, the only thing that was interesting to me was Noel talking about lyrics and I should have said this when we were talking about, uh, all the feels, I think. Um, I think, the, well, betwi- Fits and the Tantrums, the self-titled album, I think she had struggled with kind of thing to, because they'd been touring for like two years on and off and they had like a week and a half off, get back in the studio, write about things. 
And she said, it's hard to write about things when all you've been is around the same people and like right. they hadn't really lived the life kind of thing. Um, but for uh, all the feels, like she realized that just to be honest and just to be authentic kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that was the breakthrough that you get on all the feels and this latest album, Let Yourself Free, mm -hmm. says it in the title pretty yeah. much. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of, maybe a little bit of like creative blockage there lyrically. Right. But then it got unstuck by just realizing to be authentic and honest mm -hmm. and not really hold back on anything. Nice. So, yeah. So let yourself free. Let there yourself you free. Let's yeah. let ourselves free. Yeah. I like that. That's a great note to end on, Jay. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Um, if you guys got any cool stories about fits in the tantrums, let us know. We'd love to hear it. You guys could hang out with us on Instagram at uh, at Rooster Grooves, right? Yes. yes. Uh, you can hang out with us on TikTok, also at Rooster Grooves. We, we don't have that yet. Oh, no, that one's Signal. Yeah, Signal. Um, at Signal Radio. We, we, now we have to register that before this episode comes out. So it's <laughs> I'll make it this week. Um, where else are we online? Um, or RoosterGrooves.com. Yes, reachthroughs.com. Every episode, audio-wise, free. There's also a link there to watch almost every video. There's been a few that have been blocked because of copyright reasons, but I'm going to re-upload those. For you soon. guys. Um, yeah, and email. But then the contact email, us. if you want to contact us and hit us up specifically, Jay's got the email for us. Thank you. Reach the grooves at signalradio.com. S I G N L. Radio.com. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.